From that upcycled life where we believe even the most broken things can be upcycled in the right hands, this is the Reflections Podcast. Welcome to the TUL Reflections Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Fleetwood. Thanks so much for joining me in this space where we get to hang out and look back on the most memorable moments from the recent TUL show and TUL Uncut interview. My goal is to inspire you to take a fresh look at your own life and consider how God is upcycling you into something new. Welcome to this episode of the Reflections Podcast. I always like to start with an overview of what that upcycled life is all about. That upcycled life is a multimedia Christian ministry, and we believe that even the most broken things can be upcycled in the right hands. So, whether that is a thrift store find or messy hearts and lives, we are living proof that restoration is possible. Some of the channels that we have for delivering this message to you on That Upcycled Life are the shows with Christine Chapel and the Upcycled Minutes that we have guests sharing with us, and also the uncut interviews with Bobby Shea. And then the Reflections podcast is, um, it's my way of looking at all of those different channels and sensing the themes and tying everything together along with some stories from my personal life and some deep thoughts and reflections about how you can apply these very important, deep truths to your own life. And today we're going to be taking a look at the episode where Christine makes some beautiful pieces for her front porch. It's called the porch episode. And then our guest is Amanda Cave. And so we're going to check a little bit out of her interview with Bobby Shea from the Uncut video. Now, it's also Mental Health Awareness Month. And I don't know if you know much about my story, but I'm going to share it today. Because as I was taking a look at all of the shows and the content, and then just really reflecting on where God has been focusing me um, in sharing my story this month, I was sensing a deep trend and a deep pull to make this episode a little bit more personal um, because we all have a unique story to share and I am not ashamed of mine and I want to share a little bit of it with you today. So when I was watching the Upcycled um, show with Christine about the porch, there was a, a moment in there where she has taken the legs off of an old table and she reattached them to this um, shelving unit. It's a really unique X-designed shelving unit that she's going to place on her porch. And she attached the legs, but they're kind of retro legs. And so they're at an angle and like she keeps procrastinating because she's worried that of course one of the legs is not going to be just level or that the shelves are going to be a little topsy-turvy or not quite straight you know and so she just leaves it up for a while until she can kind of talk herself into okay i'm going to turn it over and i'm just going to see how this goes 
it's one of those things where you have a vision of something you know you want to change and you really wish you could just tell somebody to change it for you so that you didn't have to put the time and energy in being precise about doing it the right way. That's definitely how I'm feeling now because I know there's a strategy to putting these brackets on the box to make sure that the legs are right flush, plum, whatever the terms are. I don't want this thing to wobble. I want it to be perfect. And I don't know that I have the ability to do that by myself. That means that I run the risk of messing up and I usually don't give myself a lot of grace in that area. But as uncertain as I am, I have to try, right? And I could relate a lot to that because for a lot of my life, I was a perfectionist. If I didn't think that something was going to happen well or perfect or meet my expectations, I just wouldn't do it. I only wanted to succeed. And so I was kind of like Christine in that way where if I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, I just wanted to procrastinate or not do it at all. And what this did is it didn't allow me to experience failure in my life, really, because I was selective about choosing hobbies and careers and volunteer opportunities that met um, my skills and my abilities so that I could excel at them. And also, I was a workaholic, so I would just keep working and keep working until I got the result that I desired. And um, four years ago, that way of living, kind of the try hard, um, overachieving, perfectionistic way of living caught up with me. And I went through a season um, of extreme anxiety and mental and physical anguish. Um, basically, I stopped living. And this successful person, woman, mother, wife, friend, worker, co-worker, church worker <laughs> that I had been um, ceased to be. And when I explain it to people, it's, it's a little bit hard to explain because when you are in the throes of deep anxiety and depression, um, it's, it's a hole and a pit that is just difficult to describe to someone who hasn't um, experienced it. It's kind of like, you know, if you almost get hit by a car and your body is really revved up and you're on edge and like every little noise suddenly sparks you to kind of jolt and, you know, be on your guard and wondering what's going to happen next and your heart is racing and your body is tense and you're just on guard. Well, that's how I was for about a year and a half. Um, I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't remember the last time I felt joy. My parents came to live with us for the summer because my husband was traveling internationally for three weeks at a time. And it was to the point where I, I couldn't even function to get up and take care of my kids because I was so in such a constant state of internal panic in my head like the reality in my head was not the reality that everybody else saw it was like my mind was constantly on danger alert and um, so I wasn't able to sleep or really eat and really just stopped 
living because I was so, it took every bit of energy that I had to deal with the crazy thoughts in my head and the physical symptoms that were happening in my body. So maybe you have experienced something like this um, on a smaller scale, maybe, you know, if you're anxious about a test or an upcoming event, and so your stomach is kind of in knots and you can't really think about anything else except for that thing. That's kind of what it was like, except that thing that I couldn't stop thinking about or worrying about was like everyday ordinary things. Like, would I be able to sleep that night? How was I going to react to this new medication? Um, Would I be able to, you know, make breakfast for my daughter on her birthday? Just ordinary stuff that for 37 years of my life, I didn't even give a second thought. Um, Became like this very painful, um, just struggle in my life. These seemingly ordinary things. And I ended up being diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And maybe you've heard from the statistics that one in four women or adults or kids, one in four people in the U.S. have an anxiety disorder. And that's what it means. It's when the level of anxiety that you're feeling in your body and your mind becomes so severe that they interfere with your daily life. Um, For generalized anxiety disorder, it's for at least six months. At a time. So this is not just an event or something that you are anxious about. It is has permeated your life. And it made me think about this time in my life um, when Christine was having that anxiety about just flipping over that table. You know, it's it seems like such a simple thing. We'll just flip it over and see how the legs work. And, you know, if you need to adjust them later, you can do that. But like she was just kind of paralyzed and and unable to move forward in flipping that table over. And that is what happened to me in all areas of my life. It was like I was paralyzed and I could not take the next step. And also during this time, I, um, I was determined to solve the problem on my own because I love to research. I'm a researcher. I love to dive in and figure things out and um, I love a challenge. And so I kind of became my own little project. I was determined to figure out what has caused this anxiety in my life and what I could do to fix it. So I read dozens of books and spent thousands of dollars on everything from natural remedies to tapes and audios and meditations and um, all kinds of ways to figure out how to get rid of this problem in my life. This anxiety was like this huge looming problem that was a shadow kind of covering my days and keeping me up at night. And (laughs) What I ended up realizing one day, and this is the story I want to share with you. Um, One day in the summertime, my girls were gone at grandma's for a break, and I'd had a really tough day. And I came home, and I laid on my living room floor. And interestingly enough, I chose my living room today to record this podcast for that very reason. So I'm sitting on my living room floor, on the area rug in front of my fireplace, right where I laid down that day. And I laid down with my forehead pressed against the carpet, 
like just completely flat. And I texted my sister, Sarah, and I said, I need you to come over. And I called my husband, Justin, in and I said, I need you to need to talk to you. I invited Sarah over. I really need to talk to the two of you. And that day, I don't, it wasn't my rock bottom, but that was the day that I realized I could know I could not fix myself. That by trying to fix myself, I was only adding to the pressure and the anxiety. And the situation was getting worse and not better. And so I just shared with them. I said, you guys, I can't do this anymore. Like I am at the end. I don't want to keep living like this. Um, Something has to change. And then I shared with them all of the things in my head, like just these quests that I had been on to figure this out and the Googling, oh my gosh, the endless Googling and all of the things I had signed up for and emails I was getting about all these different ways that were going to cure my anxiety. And I, I'll never forget my sister Sarah saying, Laura, it's time to put all of that striving away and be still and let God and your family help you through this. And so what she did is she had me go around the house and collect all the things that I had been relying on to try to fix my anxiety, all of the natural herbs and the books and the weird products. And oh my gosh, it was a huge pile of stuff in the middle of my living room floor, right where I'm sitting now. And that huge pile of stuff was like this just this image, this picture of the madness of me trying to fix my own anxiety. And all I had done was accumulate all this extra stuff that had added more anxiety on top of what was already um, a problem 37 years in the making. And she said, okay, Laura, I'm going to take all of this stuff away and I'm going to hide it at my house. And she said, you're going to put an auto reply message in your email that says you're not checking email. You're going to do that. And you are not going to worry about what to fix for dinner or lunch or anything for the next two weeks. I'm going to take care of that for you. The only thing you get to keep is your prescribed medication. And uh, she said, I want you to just do the next right thing that God tells you each and every moment, each and every day. Stop trying to fix yourself and let God do the healing. And you guys, this was the hardest thing for someone like me to do because I am a fixer. I want to be in control. I want to be the hero. I want to figure things out. I didn't want to be sick. I didn't want to accept that I had generalized anxiety disorder, that um, that there was a deep internal wound that I could not fix on my own. And so when I heard Amanda Cave share on her interview with Bobby Shea about this very thing about like how we tend to want to be so self-sufficient 
and fix our own problems um, externally. You know, we want to fix it. But that what we really need is deep internal heart change. I was just floored because this was exactly my story. This is what had happened to me. So I want to let you take a listen to what she said because it's very powerful. And then on the other side, um, I'll continue and share a little bit more about what happened to me. I think just in general, a lot of us have a default ideology when it comes to our struggles, opposition, our pain. Um, and that is that I can fix myself. There's this default mode that we go into of just, I'll try harder. I'll be better next time. I'll do this. I'll do that. There just really is a sense of self-sufficiency that Mm -hmm. we in our culture have been trained to live from. And, um, the whole message of the gospel is really antithetical to that. I mean, just as we look at Jesus and his life and the message of the gospel, it really is one that says you can't fix yourself. It's mm-hmm. one that expresses that we need a redeemer. We need a savior. Um, and what I love about Jesus is that he didn't come to just simply fix us. He didn't come to simply um, fix our behavior or change what we do. He came to transform who we are. Um, mm-hmm. He came to make us new from within. Um, and so I think just coming to that understanding and living from the humility of that, of needing to depend on him situation by situation mm-hmm. um, for my outer condition, but then also much more for my inner condition. I feel like that's when I really started to discover peace that remained and joy that lasted rather than that was momentary. So there you go. Jesus is the only one that can truly change our lives in a lasting way. And I have got to tell you in my own story of my mental health and my generalized anxiety disorder, which I still struggle with, by the way, and I do take medication and I do use worldly means to help me, but the most transforming healing that took place was when my sister left my house with that physical pile of stuff that I had been using as a substitute for what Jesus could do in my heart and in my mind and in my life. And when I didn't have that ability any longer to try to solve the problem on my own, because I was also banned from Google, (laughs) I could not use Google. And anytime I like felt the need to get on and Google something, um, I had to text my husband or my sister and they stopped me from doing it. So literally like all of the ways that I normally would figure something out um, were taken away on purpose so that I had space to listen to my savior and to respond and to follow him and what he was showing me each and every moment of each and every day. It was not like one big healing overnight. It was like little steps of obeying him and letting things go and voicing the thoughts in my head and sharing them with my team, with my family, with my spouse, with my therapist. And little by little by little, the grace of that of being able to share that with somebody who knew me so deeply, my Savior Jesus, is what ultimately led to my ongoing healing 
I'm not healed from generalized anxiety disorder. I will always have that um, as a struggle, but that's okay. And I can even say now that I'm grateful for it because I have a new appreciation now for the freedom that Christ gives us in our very life, not just freedom for eternity, which is amazing, but freedom for this life, freedom to know that no matter what happens, he's got me and I don't have to figure things out. I don't. The only thing that I have to do and that you have to do is stop and listen and obey what Jesus is telling us. And, oh my gosh, when you live life in that way, in that freedom of not having to figure everything out and not having to hold this collection of things and cures and fixes that the world tells us that we should, but instead fix our eyes and our hearts and our minds upon Jesus, who is greater than any struggle, who is bigger than all of our fears, That is freedom because we know no matter what decisions we make or choices we make or circumstances happen to us, that we're safe in his arms. We are completely safe in his arms. All right. Now, if you haven't watched the episode, I know you're wondering, so what happened to that shelf with Christine and the legs that she had taken off the table and put on the shelf when she finally got the courage to let go of the outcome and flip that table over what happened. So let me play you the clip of her talking about that and um, as she summarizes the project from that show. You know, I think sometimes when we try new things, we are afraid to take a step forward because there's this fear of failure, this fear of not being able to do something perfect. And trying new things is a risk because you're never guaranteed that the outcome is going to be any good. I realize that sometimes when I borrow confidence from my family and their ability to help me with something that I'm really just deferring a chance to grow my own confidence and my ability to get a task completed. In this episode, I really learned that you need to be able to accept grace in order to overcome perfectionism. And just like Amanda said, you know, I can't fix myself, I can't fix my heart, only God can do a work like that. But at the same time, we still have to show up. There's still a work that I need to do, and that work is to believe God at His word when He says that He will help us. He will help us to achieve that transformation. We have to sit there and do the work, though. We can't outsource the work. You know, I felt like today I was really trying to outsource some of that work to my family and no one was around to help me and it was really something that I had to do and heart change is the very same thing. It's a work that only we can do in partnership with God. He does the work in our hearts as we show up and continue to make the wise choices between sin and obedience and watch the fruit of the Spirit come to fruition as a result of those choices. Thanks for listening in today. I hope that as you listen to my story, you heard my heart. And my heart is to reach out to others who are struggling, whether it's with anxiety or depression or a relationship issue or struggle at work, whatever it is. I want you to know that you don't have to figure it out on your own. You were never meant to, actually. Sin is what causes us to try to take control and to figure things out on our own. But we have a guide. 
a holy, divine, pure, loving, gracious guide. And his name is Jesus. And he sent his Holy Spirit to live within us. And through him, by giving our cares and our worries to him, that is how we find true freedom. So we just do our best and we let him do the rest. And that is my desire and my wish and my prayer for you today. A big thank you to our sponsors, Habitat for Humanity Restores of South Carolina and um, Designer and You Paint Company. Such an honor to have companies that believe in the mission of that upcycled life. And um, also it's a joy to share what they are doing in the community and to provide um, creative ways for people to live out that upcycled life. Thanks again for listening in and be sure to check out thatupcycledlife.com where you can see all of the shows, all of the interviews, learn more about Amanda Cave and her ministry of sharing um, truth and hope in Jesus. And I think you'll be really blessed by all of that. So until we meet again, keep living that upcycled life and be still.